It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to Tuesday. Welcome in. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio, Tuesday, October 18th. Got to get my second booster shot today after the show. I'm not nervous. I'm just, uh, well, I'm nervous. There you go. Actually looking forward to it. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 384-1450, 384-1450, to join in on the booster shot conversation. Thorne's text line is open as well, 502-414-1450. Get your text into the show at that number, 414-1450. All the lights are out in the studio. It finally happened. We got two rolls of three lights apiece here, so six total, and there was one just hanging on. I think it's time for the boss to splurge, go to Home Depot or uh, Lowe's or wherever you go to get your light bulbs and get in here and get the lights back on. It's not going to be easy today. I got notes. I just can't see them. A lot of this is going to be by memory today. Um, NFL last night, the Broncos lose again. Another very boring, unexciting game. Let's get it over with. 19-16 in overtime. The Chargers had one touchdown. The Broncos had one touchdown. Not good. Justin Herbert was okay. He threw 57 times. First time in 26 games he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass. But Los Angeles was able to overcome that. Austin Eckler had a touchdown run, uh, combined 83 yards rushing and receiving for Eckler. Russell Wilson, he's hurt again now. He's got that pec muscle that was bothering him before the game. He hurt his hamstring last night. We didn't know about it. We didn't hear about it last night. We heard about it this morning. Russell Wilson says he tweaked his hamstring during the game last night. He was 15 of 28. For 188 yards, one touchdown, he was sacked four times. I don't know what the answer is for the 2-4 and four Denver Broncos. Maybe Pete Carroll is smarter than everybody else. Maybe the, the Seattle coach knew that was it. It's time to let go of Russ. Instead of letting Russ cook, let's let go of Russ. I know Geno Smith is now the quarterback in Seattle, and that is not exciting if you're a Seahawk fan, but maybe Pete Carroll was right. Let's let Russ go. We'll put one of these dudes in, either Drew Locke or Geno Smith. Smith wins the job. We'll win a few games here and there. The Seahawks aren't awful. They played pretty good defense. They've kept scores down. As I look at the standings, they're three and three. They're tied for first in the NFC West. Tied for first. Why? Because the Niners lost at Atlanta. Because the Rams have been pedestrian at best. And because the Cardinals have stunk it up. They do get DeAndre Hopkins back this week, Arizona. I don't know if it makes a difference for Kyler Murray and, and, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. So watch that last night, painfully. After that, I watched a, a Netflix show, The Redeem Team. 
I was going to start Dahmer back up. I'm five episodes in, but I can't watch it after 11 p.m. I just can't do it. I want to sleep. I want to get some sleep. And if I watch the 10-episode Dahmer mini-series, limited series on Netflix at midnight, I'm not sleeping until 3 a.m. I'm not passing out till 3. So I watched the Redeem team about the 2008 Olympics in Beijing, the American basketball team that had to make up for losing the gold medal, winning a bronze medal in 2004, coming in second in the world championships, and then they bring in Coach K. It was good. It was about, you know, about what you expected, an hour and a half, a whole lot of LeBron, a whole lot of um, Kobe, the late great Kobe, a whole lot of Chris, a little bit of Chris Paul, a lot of Carmelo, a lot of Carlos Boozer. What I did find a little irritating was a couple of times during this production, somebody would say, greatest team ever. I would laugh out loud at my television. Because nobody was better than the 92 Dream Team. Nobody will ever be better than the 1992 Dream Team. Don't act like the Redeem Team had more talent or was better. First of all, They nearly lost the gold medal game to Spain. The dream team wasn't challenged at all. They were never challenged. They were beating teams by 80. Teams were taking pictures of them in warm-ups instead of warming up themselves because they knew what was coming. Jordan, Bird, Magic, stop right there. You can stop right there. Greatest team ever. But then you add Ewing. You add um, Clyde Drexler, Chris Mullen, John Stockton, Carl Malone. It goes on and on and on. The Redeem team had Tayshaun Prince. No disrespect intended here. The the Redeem team had Michael Red, Darren Williams. The Dream Team had Hall of Famers. The Redeem Team had LeBron, Kobe, and maybe one or two other Hall of Famers. Is Carmelo a Hall of Famer? Probably. Chris Paul? Probably. Jason Kidd? Probably. It was a a really, really nice, well-done documentary about what it took for this team to get together, come together, what Coach K's um, influence was on this team. Jerry Colangelo was named the head of USA Basketball, put this team together, hired Coach K to be the coach. Very well done. But please, please don't do the disservice to yourself of suggesting that this team would have been anything but a speck on the bottom of the shoe of the dream team. So that's what I did last night after uh, the Chargers outlasted the Broncos in overtime. AL Divisional Series was rained out yesterday. Boy, they tried to get it in. It was scheduled for 7.07 at 9.30-ish. The powers that be finally said, we can't do it. Now, you get into a time constraint here. 
you get into a time constraint because the American League Championship Series starts tomorrow in Houston. So whoever wins this game is 4 o'clock today, 4.03 to be exact. Whoever wins between the Yankees and Guardians today is going to have to board that plane as soon as the game's over, get to Houston, exhausted, probably use a whole lot of their pitching staff tonight, and go against Justin Verlander and the Astros tomorrow. That's what's going to happen. Advantage Houston. The biggest winner last night was the Houston Astros because they are going to be well-rested, have their pitching in order, well-rested bullpen, and you're going to get a tired team coming to Minute Maid Park tomorrow evening or tomorrow afternoon. I'm not even sure what time they play. Again, this is a no-research show. I don't know if you were aware. Wednesday, it will be a night game. Philadelphia and San Diego will be a day game. So the rainout last night will change a couple of things. Nelson Cortez, uh, Nestor Cortez, excuse me, will start for the Yankees instead of Jamison Talon. And Aaron Savali will still start for the Guardians, but you'll have a couple of other guys now available in each bullpen with an extra day of rest. Four o'clock. Look, I liked Cleveland yesterday. I think it changes because of the rain out. I like the Yankees now today. I do. And it's supposed to be a beautiful day, which means four o'clock in the afternoon, going to be a whole lot of strikeouts because the shadows at Yankee Stadium for about three innings are going to be very difficult for the hitters to pick up the baseball. In other words, bet the under. I think it's seven. In fact, I can look right now. Yes, it is seven. National League Championship Series starts tonight. I said this yesterday. Raise your hand if you had Phillies Padres in the National League Championship Series before the playoffs begun. If you raise your hand, you are a bold-faced liar. Nobody had that. Nobody. But this is why baseball is great, and this is why small sample – I love this playoff format. This is the first year of it, and I love it. Wild card series, three games set, all at the uh, higher seed. I love that. It's not a one-game playoff. Remember the one-game playoff? Basically a play-in game? Not No fun at all. No fun at all. Three on the road, and look, road teams won. Road teams won. San Diego beat the Mets in New York two out of three. Philadelphia beat St. Louis two in a row in St. Louis. Road teams are winning. I love it. And now San Diego home field advantage in the seven-game series here. Why? Because at the end of the year, in the last 20 games of the regular season, nobody's paying any attention to this. San Diego caught and passed Philadelphia for the five seed. You've got the five seed against the six seed in the National League Championship Series. Philadelphia was in that number five spot. They were going to have home field advantage here until the last two weeks of the regular season. Padres caught them. 
got the five seed, and now they have home field advantage. 8.03 tonight on FS1, game one. Zach Wheeler for the Phillies. You Darvish, who's been great for San Diego. Darvish was 16-8 with a 310 ERA. More importantly, he was 2-0 against the Phillies this year and didn't give up much at all. Phillies won the regular season series four games to three. Does that matter? No. The Yankees, or I should say the Dodgers, beat the Padres 14 out of 19 in the regular season. Did that matter? No. So it doesn't matter. I'm going to pick the Padres in this series because of their starting pitching. They will open up with you Darvish tonight. They will pitch Joe Musgrove tomorrow afternoon. And the first game in Philadelphia, they're going to bring Blake Snell in to start. And I would imagine if they have a 2-1 or 3-0 lead, you'll see Sal Manaya in game four. When that guy's your fourth pitcher, you got a really good starting pitching staff. And one of the moves made at the deadline that was sort of surprising, really surprising at the time, was the Padres picking up Josh Hader from Milwaukee. Why Milwaukee traded him? Your guess is as good as mine, because the Brewers were in contention, serious contention for the playoff spot. And they gave away, or they traded, I should say. They didn't give away, but they traded maybe the best closer in the game. So pitching advantage, San Diego. Phillies, they have closer by committee. David Robertson may or may not be healthy after he hurt himself celebrating after the uh, St. Louis series. Starting pitching, Philadelphia, you got Zach Wheeler and, uh, and Aaron Nola. Then you go Ranger Suarez, who some people think I dissed on this program. I disagree with that. I like Ranger Suarez. Great name, by the way. But when you go starting pitching, the Padres are three and a half deep. The Phillies are two deep. That's it. Maybe two and a half. Maybe two and a half. I expect fireworks from both crowds. The Padres and Phillies, they haven't been here in a while. They haven't been here. Phillies hadn't been in the playoffs since 2011. Playoffs. And the crowds in Philadelphia last week for the Atlanta series were incredible. The crowds in San Diego for the Dodgers series were incredible. I think that continues. Houston's got great fans. Yankee fans are Yankee fans. They're great when you're winning. They hate you when they're losing. You know, they were booing Aaron Judge last week. Aaron Judge hit 311 with 62 home runs this season. He led the league in every offensive category except batting average, where he finished second. He has struggled against Cleveland in this series. He has struck out a lot. He does have one home run in the series, but he struck out a lot. Yankee fans booed him. In game two, boot him. Yankee fans are Yankee fans. Not what have you done for me lately. What have you done for me in the last 12 hours? That's Yankee fans. And the the Guardians have great fans too. Almost said Indians. Yeah, I did. Guardians have great fans too. So none of these fan bases, except the Yankees if they're losing today, 
none of these fan bases will be sitting on their hands. This will be an exciting. It's going to be an exciting uh, championship series. It's not who we thought we were going to see. We thought we were going to see Braves, Dodgers. We thought we were going to see Astros, Yankees. We might still see Astros, Yankees. But the Braves and their 100 wins are gone home. The Mets and their 100 wins are gone home. The Dodgers and their 111 wins have gone home. And if the Yankees lose today, they can take their 99 wins and, well, they'll already be home, but they can just go to their house and get ready for the winter. All right, let's take a break. More NFL news coming up. Which teams need to panic? Which teams are okay? All that and more. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Back Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage, John Spears in studio. Global coach Scott Satterfield going uh, through his press conference, his Tuesday press conference. Says Malik Cunningham practice Sunday is ready to go this weekend. Tyon Evans, the running back. And we can stop the uh, ZZ Top music anytime. Here. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> Tyon Evans, still a game-time decision. Uh, unlikely to play, however, according to Scott Satterfield against Pittsburgh. That's a Saturday night, 8 o'clock game at Cardinal Stadium. NBA starts tonight. Celtics-Sixers from Boston is game one on TNT, followed by the Lakers and Golden State ring ceremony in uh, San Francisco tonight for the Warriors. Let's go to the M&M Cartage Hotline, bring in Buzz Frank. Buzz, how are you today, buddy? Doing fine, John. I really appreciate you talking about the baseball playoffs. I, I think baseball is the one sport where you'll see these teams that uh, maybe shouldn't have even been on the field like uh, the Padres and Dodgers or the Phillies and Braves, but because a pitcher can get hot or a couple of hitters get hot, yeah. can totally change the whole series around, and I think that's what happened. Phillies got hot. Their bats got hot at home against Atlanta. Here's what happens. They go and they steal game one. They had their third starter going against the Braves' ace, uh, Max Freed. They got early runs. They held on and won that first game 7-6. to six. All of a sudden, you got home field advantage. And, and uh, when, when Atlanta got to Philadelphia, that series was over quickly. I mean, 9-1 to one yeah. and 8-3, to three, it was unbelievable. Yeah, I like the description I read the other day that the Phillies have three designated hitters playing the outfield. <laughs> yeah, they got Castellanos <laughs> out there, who, by the way, made a great play late in game game four there to sort of, or, or I'm sorry, in game one to sort of seal it there late in the ninth inning diving catch. But look, Kyle Schwarber's in left. Castellanos is in right. Those guys are DHs. And Bryce Harper yeah. is playing DH because of his injuries this season. So you're right. They got they got uh, they got a bunch of DHs and guess what? They can all hit. <laughs> yeah, and and hitting is still part of the game. It's not just pitching and and again with San Diego, they 
managed to keep the Dodgers pretty well at bay as well. So that's that's the beauty of of baseball, really, is, yeah. is that um, just from one series to the next, things can change. Where in, in the other major sports like football or basketball, you're you're going to be pretty consistent all the way down. You, when you see an upset, it's usually not a, 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 an eight taken out of one or a six taken out of two, like we saw with the Phillies in Atlanta. It's it's generally going to hold form in the other in the other major sports throughout the playoffs. And that's because you have seven game series in the NBA. Um, you, you know, you don't have a five-game series. You don't have a three-game series like we have in baseball postseason. They're all seven games. Normally, right. the better team is going to win in a seven-game series. In a five-game series, I would say normally they're going to win, but it's a lot less guaranteed than it is uh, in the NBA. Football, uh, you know, there are upsets in football every year. Oh, yeah. We see early early playoff upsets, but for the most part, when you get to the Super Bowl, you're getting the two best teams. The Bengals, I don't, I, you know, they weren't the best team out of the AFC last year. They just weren't. But the Rams were the best team out of the NFC. And oh, uh, yeah. so, you know, that's, that's how it works. Hockey is crazy. I think you never know who's going to win in hockey. Um, oh yeah, that's that's a good point because that hockey's unbelievable. So much that goes into that. Yeah, it is. It's it's crazy what they're able to do. I gave you a little grief last week, by the way. I don't know if you heard. I kept waiting for you to call. Well, after that, I, 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 I guess you had to take was, a week off to recover. Crazy. I don't know. I did. I did. I did have to recover, <laughs> and uh, it, the uh, the company decided to send me the. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania All is right. a great place I'll, to recover. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you off the hook then. Uh, no, I, I I was I was planning on calling, but then I had another experience in the airport uh, on my travel back in in order to make the game, and it uh, I'll have to fill you in, but it's too long to to tell all your all your fans. Yeah, they don't care, Buzz. They don't care. But the Crimson's I know they don't. <laughs> good comeback win last Friday against uh, Pleasure Ridge Park again. Down at halftime here. That's a that's a pretty good PRP team that nobody's talking about. You know, I, I think they're better than a lot of people give them credit for. They their defense. I know everybody knows about their offense. They got six shutouts. They got six shutouts. Yeah, they're they are pretty stout, and they've got some receivers who can go up and get the ball and know what to do with it after they catch it, and a quarterback who gets it to them, and uh, enough of that. To free up a running game, and uh, they, I, I believe, I believe the depth will, will be the difference on this coming Friday night uh, when the Panthers take on the Tigers. But I think that it may be a tighter game than a lot of people would expect. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Um, I think the coaching staff over on Pablo Road's a little bit nervous about this game. They won't say it out loud, but I think they're a little bit nervous. Uh, you the manual manual did shut PRP out in the second half after trailing at halftime. So, uh, if you're St. X, I guess you, you look at that and say, okay, let's, let's just play great defense and whatever happens offensively happens. But, uh, Jacob Dixon, uh, the wide receiver for PRP, he's a Kentucky commit. I mean, I know they've got some talent at the skill position. Oh yeah. Dixon, it, Kentucky's getting a good one. I mean, the sample size I have is seeing him. You know the last couple of years, uh, and especially Friday night. But um, Manuel covered him pretty well, and he still caught the ball, and he caught it in the end zone. There was one catch he made with two guys just hanging on him, yeah. basically, and he went he went up and got the ball that nobody else 
of the three people around it could get, and that uh, he's a stud. San X Manuel in the state championship game, you good with that? I I I'd love that. I know I <laughs> I'd be good with it. Great. Any any time you can go to Lexington, it's it's fun, right? I I agree, and I and I think that uh, you know if you go back to the days of the old super district, then there was always an opportunity, uh, depending on how they took out the districts, you couldn't do it back then. But if there would have been the seeding with the RPI like there is now, you could have seen that pretty much every season. I like the RPI. Now, I don't think it's fair to teams that play a lot of out-of-state games, and I'm talking about Trinity here, because Trinity's, Trinity's 0-3 in the state of Kentucky. So their RPI yeah, is, is really down low, but they've played really competitive football against good teams outside of the state of Kentucky, and they get no they get no points for that at all. So, you know. and that that hurts them in the RPI. But you and I both know when you're playing competition like that, in the end, especially come playoff time, it it, it benefits them because they've yeah. been there and done that, so to speak. And yeah, I I, I agree. I, I think there could be some tweaks to it because you don't want to penalize a team for going out and scheduling tough competition. And I think that's what's happened to. Uh, and you think about that, of course. St. X has played some teams from outside of Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken, and I know Mayo has as well. Yeah, Tigers' only loss was to Cincinnati Elder, so St. X's right. RPI right. is number one because they're undefeated in the state of Kentucky, and that's what the RPI is about. It, again, it doesn't take into consideration any times you, you play any of these Cincinnati schools, Indianapolis schools, and certainly I think it should. I know Manuel's got a win over uh, Cincinnati LaSalle, right? Yes. So right, and actually, but they get, I, I but they get no love for that. Floyd get, Central. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they get no love for that. So uh, it is what it is. I guess we all have to deal with the same set of rules, right? Yeah, and, and and you make it worthwhile. I do like the idea, though, that after the after the first two rounds, that the RPI uh, flawed as it may be, but I yeah. still think it's going to make for some for some good matchups, and I think goes a long way towards making sure you've got the two best teams in the championship game where other years some teams might have had, shall we say, an easier road to the championship game than other teams. Yeah, and we've seen blowouts in these championship games at at all six levels because of the way it used to be. And now they've changed it to where at least we're reseeding those last couple rounds and, and, uh, you know, you, you, you have a, a one seed and a two seed not playing each other in the semifinals, and I like that. Yeah, I agree, and, and I'm anxious to see, too, how things shake out this weekend. There, there's a couple of big games. Of course, we already mentioned St. X and PRP, but the male Bullet East game, while I think yeah. the male should win that. You never know. Can, uh, when they, the way they throw the ball, I think they can give people trouble, too, and that could really shake up how the playoffs, especially the first two rounds, come out. Absolutely. Thank you, Buzz. Good to hear from you. Glad you're safely back home, and uh, I'll see you soon, I'm sure. Oh yeah, and I'll be I'll be calling. I'm not going to shy away. Just one <laughs> Thank you, Buzz. Buzz Frank. <laughs> See you, Dan. Uh, Tigers beat Manuel a couple weeks ago, twenty-one to ten. Uh, Manuel was undefeated coming into that game. They're still the top two teams in the RPI. They should be. They've been the best teams throughout most of the season in the six A Jefferson County, six A high school football in Kentucky. So uh, the way the everything now, Mail does have to play Manuel. Manuel does have to play Mail next week in the annual rivalry game. That should be a, a really good one, and that could affect 
the RPIs, but it's not going to affect uh, where you finish in your district. St. X will be number one if they can beat PRP Friday. Manual will be number two. If mail beats Bullet East, which I expect them to do, mail will be number one. And you could see Manual and Mail play last game of the regular season, second game of the playoffs. It's entirely possible. And uh, that's just the way the RPI and the uh, district pairings shape out. Talk more more high school football as we get closer to Kentucky playoffs. I think Indiana starts playoffs this week or the following weekend. So uh, we'll talk to uh, Justin Kalen about that. And you can get more listening to uh, Matt Dennison the Hoosier Report weekdays right here on the Big X from 11 to noon. Uh, NBA, I mentioned, starts tonight. Celtics and the uh, Sixers, two of the favorites in the East, square off in Boston, 730 on TNT. The Celtics are three-point favorites there. Lakers and Golden State, 10 o'clock on TNT. Golden State, they have the ring ceremony tonight. Interesting to see if Jordan Poole and Draymond Green stand near each other there. Uh, Golden State's a seven-point favorite over the Lakers. Lakers are 18-1 to to win the title this year. That's about as low as a LeBron James team led has been. He is beginning his 20th season in the NBA tonight. 20th. Yikes. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> that's all that means. But um, his third season with Cleveland, they were uh, Cleveland was a longer shot. But this is the longest shot that a LeBron team has been, second longest shot uh, in his 20 years, 18 to one. Now the Lakers, look, it is all about a couple of things here. Is Anthony Davis play well? Does he stay healthy? Those are important questions. He has not been able to stay healthy for the majority of his career. It's a great one-two punch. The other question is, where does Russell Westbrook fit in? They couldn't trade him. They couldn't dump him. He's making too much money. Nobody wants to pay that salary. So the Lakers couldn't get rid of him. He The experiment in the last preseason game, let's put Russ in with the second team and let him just be the leader of the bench barrage. And it may have worked. It may have worked a little bit. Darvin Ham, the brand-new head coach of the Lakers, I give him credit here for trying to get Russ to buy in. Hey, Russ, we're going to bring you off the bench. You don't have to score. You just have to lead these bench players when they're out on the court. Just be Russ without having to shoot the basketball. He can't shoot. And the problem has always been he thinks he can shoot. He Remember when he was triple-double machine? That wasn't outside shooting. He would get rebounds. He would get to the basket. He would distribute the basketball. That's how you get a triple-double. Putbacks. Get offensive rebounds. Get the ball to teammates in position to score. He needs to get back to doing that. If he can do that, he can help the Lakers. They bring in Patrick Beverly. Okay, defensive guy, irritant, wants to, wants to lock down the number one player on the other team. All right. That's okay. The Laker roster, though, it just doesn't pop once you get past LeBron and once you get past Anthony Davis because you can't say that Russell Westbrook gets you excited anymore. Um, I mean, Kendrick Nunn, okay. Scottie Pippen Jr., I think 
could be a great rookie. He could be a great rookie. Austin Reeves had some good moments last year, but he doesn't instill fear on anybody. Dennis Schroeder, okay. He'll play a little D. He'll handle the basketball a little bit. I look at the Laker roster, and I see a whole lot of trouble after the first two guys. And that's why they're 18-1. to That's why they're 18-1. to By the way, Celtics, Warriors, Clippers, as of opening day here, all 6-1 to to win the NBA title. The Celtics, I get. The band is all back together. One year more experience for Jalen Brown and, and, uh, and Jason Tatum. They kept Marcus Smart, smartly, I believe. All right, I get that. I get um, the Warriors, defending champs. You still got Steph. Klay Thompson is now more healed from that injury. You still got Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, the band, that band all back together. They won it all last year. Clippers I don't get. Look, Paul George's healthy. Kawhi Leonard's healthy. Great. Really good. Six to one, though? All right. I don't get it. I don't get it. The dynamic to watch is the Golden State Warriors. That's the dynamic to watch. Because if you've been paying attention the last 72 hours, the Warriors, now this is post-sucker punch from Draymond Green to Jordan Poole. Draymond apologized. Kumbaya, we're all back together again. The Warriors signed Jordan Poole to a long-term extension. The Warriors also signed Andrew Wiggins to a extension. They have not signed Draymond Green to an extension. He's got one more option year left on his contract after this season. He can opt in for next season. He's making a whole lot of green. They won't be able to trade him, I don't think, because of his contract, because of the amount of money he makes. But they're not going to extend him. I saw Charles Barkley today say, this is sports. This is what happens. You have your time. You have your moments in the game. And then you have to move over for the younger players that are coming up that are going to be better than you currently are. Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins to a certain extent, Jonathan Kaminga is young. Maybe James Wiseman, who we haven't seen play much because of injuries. These are the young warriors that are going to come up and hang out with Steph and Clay. Mooney, Moody, Kayvon Mooney, young player, making his way. And the warriors are not extending a contract offer to Draymond Green. Now, is this going to stick in Green's craw? Is he going to be the bad dude that we think he is because they won't offer him a contract extension? Is he going to cause more grief than is worth keeping him around? Because when that happens, look, he's helped them win championships. He has. He's been a, an important cog in, in the title-winning basketball for the Golden State Warriors for years. But when he's no longer that, and he's a distraction, how long until you cut the cord? Because there are questions that are being asked right now. Why did they sign Poole? Why did they sign Wiggins to these long extensions? 
And why haven't they signed Draymond Green? Bob Myers is one of the best GMs in the league. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He drafted Jordan Poole. He's a second-round draft pick, late, late second-round draft pick. He's turned into a star. He was a star in the finals last year. He got, they got Kaminga. They got an early draft pick and were able to get Kaminga. Bob Myers knows what he's doing. Signed, took Andrew Wiggins off of the, uh, off the scrap heap in Minnesota. And he was integral last year in the championship. He knows that Draymond Green is a distraction. He also knows that Draymond Green's best basketball is probably behind him. In sports, you move on. If you want to continue to be successful, you move on. And I think that's what the Warriors are doing here with Draymond, although they're trying to do it very delicately because he has meant a lot to that organization. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. NFL news on the way. Who needs to panic in the NFL? Listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment on this Tuesday. Eminem Cartage hotline is open. 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well. Get your text into the show at 414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Mike Rutherford show today, 3 to 6, right here on the Big X. Join Mike and Trevor Kelsey as they uh, go over... The press conference today from Scott Satterfield, he says Malik Cunningham good to go Saturday against Pittsburgh. Tyon Evans is still a game-time decision. The Cards 3-3 three and three, uh, coming off of a bye week, and uh, it's a necessary win. One of these next two, you got to win. Pitt at home, Wake Forest at home. And look, Pitt was ranked early in the year. They've struggled since. They lost to Georgia Tech. Wake Forest is still ranked. It's a really good team. Sam uh, Hartman, a quarterback. Pitt, Wake Forest, got to win one of them. You got to win one of those two. And then you got to beat James Madison the week after the Wake Forest game to get to a bowl game. We're just, at this point, you're just trying to get to a bowl game, right? That's what you're doing. Your final three games. NC State, Clemson, Kentucky, not going to be easy. Although NC State, Devin Leary, the quarterback, out for the season. They um, lost to Syracuse last week, only put nine points on the board. So it's an offense that's going to struggle to be what it was when Devin Leary was the quarterback. So maybe there's a light at the end of that tunnel if you're Louisville. But uh, I think you gotta you got to win two of the next three at home. Three home games in a row, you got to win two of them if you want to get to a bowl game. All right, uh, and it would behoove you to win all three. The first uh, women's college basketball AP poll is out. We gave you the men's poll yesterday. Kentucky was fourth behind North Carolina, Gonzaga, and Houston. Indiana was 13th. 
in the uh, women's AP poll. Louisville is seventh. Uh, they are the top ACC team in the poll. It starts with South Carolina out of the SEC, followed by Stanford, Texas, Iowa, Tennessee. Then it's UConn, Louisville, Iowa State, and then Notre Dame and NC State, two ACC teams round out the top ten. But Louisville and Coach Jeff Walls are ranked seventh in the first women's basketball poll. I love that these polls are out on October 17th and 18th because we act like we know what we're going to see. We have no idea what we're going to see in college basketball this year. We don't. I mean, we assume Carolina's going to be good. They were in the finals last year. They got everybody back except Brainy Manick. So, I mean, there's no reason not to put them number one. Drew Timmy's back at Gonzaga. We know they're going to be good. Gonzaga's always good. Houston, elevated into the top three. Last couple years, they've been really good under Kelvin Sampson, a name that Indiana fans still doesn't want to hear. <laughs> they still don't want to hear that name. But they've been good under Kelvin Sampson and expected to be good again this year. But let's be honest. We have no idea what we're going to see. We just don't. We think we do, but we don't. All right, who's going to panic in the NFL? Whose turn is it to panic? Because we had some unbelievable games this past weekend. Underdogs, Atlanta beat San Francisco by two touchdowns as a three-and-a-half-point underdog. New England wins at Cleveland 38-15 to as a two-and-a-half-point underdog. The Jets, do we want to talk about the Jets? They beat the Packers 27-10 as a seven-and-a-half-point underdog. The Giants, underdogs at home, beat Baltimore 24-20. Pittsburgh at home, nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. Upset Tampa Bay and Tommy Brady 20-18. Seattle was a two-and-a-half-point dog at home. They beat Arizona 19-9. So, underdogs had a big week in week six. Who needs to push the panic button? Well, as we look at the standings, in the AFC, let's start in the AFC just for fun. Bills are 5-1 and one in the East. Jets are 4-2. and two. Uh, By the way, the Packers lost to the Giants and Jets in back-to-back weeks. Yikes. Jets are four and two. The Dolphins are three and three. Now I'm not saying it's time to panic if you're Miami. Tua Tagovailoa is supposed to be back at quarterback this week, but if you're the Dolphins, you won your first three games, and now you've lost three in a row. And who you got coming in this week? Pittsburgh Sunday Night Football. That should be a win. All right, I'll give you that. It should be a win, but Pittsburgh's weird. Pittsburgh's got two wins. They beat the Bengals in Cincinnati, and they beat Tom Brady. But they've gotten smoked just about every other time out. Patriots are 3-3. Three and three. Is Bailey Zappi the new quarterback in New England? It feels like it. Matt Jones' injury wasn't playing well anyway. Zappi's won two in a row, threw the ball well last week. 
Unlike Mac Jones, he hit some open receivers, fitted into some tight windows as well. Western Kentucky University, shout out, Bailey Zappi. So if I'm in the AFC AFC East, I'm not panicking yet, but the Dolphins are on the brink of panicking. Mike McDaniel was coach of the year three games in. Now they're three and three. First-year coach, Tua banged up, Teddy banged up, Tyreek Hill's been good, but he's been really good. Hadn't been great, but he's been really good with three different quarterbacks. They got receivers. They got a decent defense. It's not time to panic, but you better not lose to Pittsburgh at home on a Sunday night. So I'm not panicking if, panicking if I'm anybody in the AFC East. In the North, Ravens are 3-3, three and three, but they're tied for first with the Bengals. And the Ravens, they've got to figure out the fourth quarter. That's it. Just figure out the fourth quarter. Lamar made a couple of uncharacteristic mistakes late in that game in New York on uh, in New Jersey on Sunday. The, the fumbled snap picked it up, rolled out. Instead of throwing it away, he throws the interception that sets up the go-ahead touchdown for the Giants. And then the fumble on the final possession when they're trying to come back. Uncharacteristic mistakes from Lamar Jackson. Bengals were 1-3. and three. They're now 3-3. Three and three. They're fine. In fact, Bengals are golden right now. Comeback win in New Orleans last week. Uh, they should have beaten Pittsburgh in week one. They should be four and two. Maybe they should be five and one, as a matter of fact. But they're they're good. Burrow, Chase, that whole group of receivers, Joe Mixon chipping in. Defense is better than last year and better than we thought it was going to be. The offensive line has improved, and they're getting a little better each week once uh, as they continue to grow and play with each other. The team that needs to panic there is Cleveland. Cleveland's waiting for Deshaun Watson. They're just hanging around, waiting for Deshaun to come back. They're two and four, right? They're two and four, and they go to Baltimore this week, a game that the, the Ravens, I think, feel like they really need to win. You're not getting your quarterback back until week 11 or after week 11. So after the bye. Two and four, if you're the Browns, you could be out of it by the time Deshaun Watson comes back. And you're paying 40 million bucks guaranteed to a guy that might win the last four out of the last five games of the season, but it's not going to matter. Steelers, I don't think, need to panic. Steelers are in a transitional year. They know they're not very good. Kenny Pickett got a concussion on Sunday. They had to bring Trubisky back in. They still beat uh, Tampa Bay. But the Steelers aren't expected to do a whole lot. That's why they're not on the panic list. The Broncos are on the panic list. They're 2-4. and They could be (laughs) 0-6. Get on the panic list. I would put the Raiders on the panic list, and I guess I will, but they're one and four. They're, we're almost ready to look ahead to next year anyway. Coming off a bye, um, they got Houston this week, so maybe you get healthy. But are you on the panic list when you're one and four, or on you are you on the look ahead to next year list? That's a tough call. Nobody in the AFC South is on the panic list because the division is awful. One of these teams has to go to the playoffs, so nobody needs to panic. The Texans aren't going to do it. 
Titans three and two. The Colts are three two and one. I don't know. I picked the Colts to win the division. I'll stick with that. Uh, NFC East is simple. Nobody needs to panic. Cowboys four and two. Giants five and one. Eagles six and zero. Oh. All playoff contenders. All really good. Um, commanders. They don't need to panic because they're done. NFC North. Vikings are five and one. Packers need to panic. You've lost to the Giants and the Jets the last two weeks. You're three and three. You're in a bad division. Luckily, you got the Bears and the Lions behind you. They don't need to panic. They're done. Packers are close to panicking. They're not there yet, but they're close. They go to Washington this week with a new quarterback. Carson Wentz had surgery. So Washington's going to have a new quarterback. If you lose to Washington, officially panic mode has begun. NFC South, Buccaneers and Falcons are three and three. Uh, the Saints are two and four. The Panthers are one and five. Panthers are done. Saints, uh, you're only a game back. You don't need to panic yet, but you're close. Falcons, better than expected. Buccaneers, three and three. I, I guess you can't panic when you're tied for the lead in the division, but they don't look good. And in the West, 49ers, Rams, Seahawks, all three and three. Cardinals are two and four. I would say the Cardinals need to panic a little bit because being at the bottom of that division, that is that's panic mode. Because there's three teams ahead of you, and two of them are should be really good. Should be really good. So if you're Arizona, you get DeAndre Hopkins back this week. I'm not sure that's good enough. You need to panic a little. All right, the Yankees tonight, today, I'll give you the Yankees win today, game five. The Padres, I think, will win game one at home tonight. Check me on for the Celtics and the Warriors tonight as well. Tony Burke joins me in studio tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.